Amen, amen. Thank you, worship team. Let's pray together as we turn to God's word this morning. Father God, there couldn't have been a more appropriate song to lead into what we're going to be talking about this morning, praying for our enemies. Father God, we can see your heart eight billion different ways. Each and every person on this planet created in your image to bring you glory. And God, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all deserving of wrath. God, we are all fallen and broken. It is by your grace alone, by your love alone that we are saved. Father God, as we turn to your word this morning and we dig into this idea, Father, help us to see your heart eight billion different ways. Help us to see your presence in the life of each person around us, God, fallen and broken as they may be, and no less so than we. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your spirit and your word. And God, we desire that we would hear you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a gift it is to pray, to talk, to God and to hear Him speak. What a special thing it has been to explore prayer together this summer. To try to dig into this practice, this discipline in a deeper way. Pastor Scott challenged us at the beginning of this series to pray for 10 minutes a day this summer. To see what would happen, what God would do. Or to go deeper, whatever that means. Maybe 10 minutes would be stepping it way back for you. But to try to take a step further and to push deeper into prayer. To practice and understand it in a new and a deeper way. And I hope you've been doing that. I hope you've really tried to take the time. I know I found, for myself, I found it to be a really Profound and life-giving exercise. I mean, of course, as a pastor, I'm already perfect in all of these disciplines, so there was nothing really more for me to learn. But somehow, I have found that there was more to learn. And regardless, prayer, intentional prayer, that just sitting or, or kneeling down and just doing it isn't something I've always been very good at. This challenge has been a really good one for me. I've learned and grown myself in my own relationship with God. It's been so life-giving and encouraging. I hope you've been digging in as well. And if you haven't, or if you've forgotten, or if you've been meaning to and it just keeps slipping away, start today. It's not a race. It's not a contest. You're not behind. Start this afternoon, this evening. Ten minutes. Take that time. Do it once, and then do it tomorrow, and then do it the next day, and again and again, and see what God's going to do. See what you learn and how you grow. Start building those spiritual muscles and invite someone to walk alongside you. Maybe your spouse or a friend, or even your kids, 
you really want to risk it? They will hold your feet to the fire if you commit to something with them. They won't let you forget. Let me tell you. Right, Ella? Where are you? She'll hold my feet to the fire on that one. But prayer is such a deep and meaningful and important part of our lives as followers of Jesus. And the more time we spend there, the more other things will suddenly seem to just be falling into place. It doesn't make our life perfect. It doesn't make all of our problems go away. But I can tell you, and many of you have experienced it, that when I am digging into prayer, my life really does tend to just make more sense. And I am responding and reacting to life in a way more Jesus-reflecting way. It's almost like prayer really does make a difference. That's crazy, I know, but it really does. It's so simple and so easy. And yet it can seem so impossible to do. We need to be walking together deeply in prayer, sharing the stories of what we're praying for and how God is speaking to us, how He is responding to us. How is He answering your prayers? How is He showing Himself to you? What is He revealing about Himself? Share it with your prayer partner, with the people around you, because God uses us to speak to others in those moments too. The thing that He is speaking to you or showing you in your prayer life can be the key to unlocking something for someone else if you share it with them. They might be waiting for exactly what you have to share with them. I've just experienced that myself very recently. I was having coffee with a friend, a deep spiritual brother. And he was sharing a word that he had gotten from God in his own prayer life. And the things that he shared with me have just had a huge impact on me. This word that he received from God, that God was speaking to him, spoke to me in profound ways. And I've been unpacking it for weeks since. God had something for me in what he had been sharing with him. It's exciting. Prayer is amazing, and I hope you find a way to dig in with us on this journey because God has something amazing for you too. So 10 minutes every day, book it. Let's go. But this morning we're going to look at another aspect of prayer, something that we've been, something we need to be praying about. We've talked about a lot about lots of exciting different ones, praying to know God more, praying for forgiveness and freedom, praying for healing, praying and interceding for our community. But today we come to a hard one, and really, you're just going to get the 30-minute version of what Isaiah already shared this morning. He nailed it. So, I mean, you get the boring version now. He already did it in the short one, so. But we come to a hard one, and it's, it's It's maybe the hardest one in many ways. In our own strength and ability, as Isaiah said, maybe impossible for us, praying for our enemies. What does it mean to pray for our enemies? And just like our time exploring praying for healing, this is a huge and complicated issue and could be a series in itself. 
Because this means a lot of different things in a lot of different ways in each of our lives. We experience this in different ways and there are going to be things I really hope you do not hear this morning. Please be careful with this. And there are some hard things at the same time that we really do need to hear. That we really need to know and embrace about what it means to pray for our enemies as God is calling us to do. But we're going to trust God to speak and lead us forward this morning and trust Him to help us understand this in healthy ways. Help us to grow deeper in what he's calling us into. And we're just going to begin this discussion today. Again, there is so much more. And I challenge you to dig into these scriptures yourself that we're going to talk about this morning and more. Scripture is filled with this stuff. And I hope that you allow the Spirit to lead you further on this journey than we're able to go here this morning. Because this is a hard one. But it's real. And it's important, and it's something that Jesus himself calls us to do, and it's something that, again, Scripture speaks to in a lot of different ways that we need to understand and embrace. But it's not easy. And I want to ask you to listen carefully and hear me clearly as we speak, because we can be hurt deeply if we misunderstand or are careless with these things. But turn with me first again. To Matthew chapter 5. Clearly God wants us to hear something from these verses this morning. We're going to read them again. Matthew chapter 5 verse 43. And this call to pray for our enemies. These are the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And Matthew chapter 5 is the beginning of that Sermon on the Mount. One of the longest and most famous portions of teaching that we have recorded of Jesus. He talks about all kinds of important and seemingly impossible things in these chapters. And already before this passage, he's talked about being salt and light, about legalism, about murder, about adultery, divorce, taking oaths, taking revenge. And now he says these words. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 43, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, Love your, enemy, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Simple. Easy. It can be hard for us to truly connect with what Jesus is saying here because for a lot of us, we might not understand this word enemies as Jesus is using it here. And the hint is in the verses right before this passage where Jesus is talking about an eye for an eye. And in that passage, he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. 
And for some of us, if you grew up in Sunday school or have been around the church for a long time, you might have already learned that this referred to the fact that a Roman soldier could compel anyone to carry their equipment, their armor and other gear for one mile. You had no choice. If they asked you, you had to carry their gear for one mile. And from the Roman point of view, it was a practical law and even a just law in their eyes because they were limiting them to one mile. But to those living under Roman rule, it was just oppression, forced servitude and labor, just enforcing their power over anyone they chose. And here Jesus says, don't just carry it one mile. If you're a godly person, carry it two miles. Carry it an extra mile. And now here he goes further and says, and also pray for that soldier. Pray for your enemy. Jesus is standing here on this hillside, looking right into the eyes of these Jewish people who for the last several hundred years have been living under Babylonian or Egyptian, and then Babylonian, and then Persian, and then Greek, and now Roman rule. For century after century, Jesus looks them in the eye. These people waiting for the Messiah to come and flip the table over. To burn all of this to the ground and set Israel up again in their rightful place as the rulers over all. Jesus looks at them and says, these Romans... Pray for them. We cannot imagine the impact of those words to the people that heard them. We have troubles, we have hardships, and we are going to dig in in a minute to some of these really important parts of this. But in large part, in Canada specifically, we are very comfortable. We are very safe. And we don't understand just how scandalous Jesus' words are to ask these people oppressed and enslaved and dominated for centuries and now to ask them to pray for their enemies beyond impossible. How could he ask them to do that? We cannot understand. But Jesus did. He knew exactly what he was saying, what he was asking of them. He knew every single ounce of hurt and drop of sweat and every tear that had been shed at the hands of these oppressive nations by his people. He was there too. He saw it all. He hurt with them, wept with them, knew what he was going to do for them, and still he said these words. That's how important it was to him that we hear these things, that we know these things. Pray for your enemies was not a throwaway line. It was the deepest and most difficult thing Jesus was asking them to do. And that's why he ended that passage the way he did. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Because he was calling them, calling us to know the heart of God himself. 
This matters. It's as big as it gets, and we need to understand. But the real question is, who is our enemy? Who is Jesus actually talking about here? Because I think all too easily, we can make this just anyone we don't like. Anyone we don't get along with. People that give us a hard time or make our life difficult. And it cannot be so casual and clumsy as that. We need to see more. We have to see deeper what Jesus is really calling us to. And we see it on the cross where Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. That's such an important part of this because the people around us are not our enemy. They are our brothers and sisters, broken and lost by the same sin that we have been forgiven for. And still fall into ourselves. And so our enemy is not each other. It's a spiritual battle, not a physical one. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. And so when Jesus says, pray for our enemies, he's speaking about people because he understands, he sees that they are not our enemies, they are lost just like we are, and sometimes still are. When we fall into the same sins we used to live in, our enemies aren't the people around us, they are hurting and broken too. Even if they seem strong, even if they seem successful, even if they seem powerful, without Jesus they are lost. And they need our prayer. Because for most of us, a lot of the time in our life, again, we really don't have true enemies. No one is trying to kill us. No one is trying to wipe us out. It's really just people that we do have a hard time with that might be unkind or even mean to us. But not evil. Just annoying or frustrating or even hurtful, sure, but not evil. Not toward us. It's the person at work that is just impossible or a family member that is just a massive struggle and brings so much hurt and division to every gathering or a neighbor that is just a nightmare. And the most powerful thing I found in my own life when I'm trying to pray for them, for someone that I'm really struggling with, is not to pray for them to change. To wish or hope that they would act in a way that's better for me. But to actually pray blessings upon them. To pray for their good. To pray for their best. Praying that I would have patience and for God's presence to be real in their life. And I've found what happens when I do that as hard as it is. And even as much as, even as, much as I don't like to do that. Because in my darker places, I think it's true for a lot of us, we actually 
kind of want hard things to happen to those people that are really difficult. To make myself feel better somehow. When I pray blessings upon the enemies in my life, my own heart changes. And it shifts away from how I'm being treated to wishing and hoping and praying for their relationship with God and hoping and dreaming and praying for God's incredible presence to be real in their life. And suddenly it's not about making my life more comfortable, wishing they would treat me better or differently. Now I'm hungry to even serve them. To help them see the beauty of God's presence and His love for them. Praying for our enemies, the people that we struggle with, isn't just about praying for them to change. It's about our heart changing toward them. About God bringing us into His plan of redemption for them. And that's a huge change. Pray for your enemies is a radical thing to say because it changes everything. But, this is the important part for some of us and maybe even more of us than we really know. We have experienced true evil at the hands of another. We do have a true enemy who truly desires to do us harm. People who have suffered or are suffering abuse, neglect, trauma, violence. This is different than hard relationships or an annoying co-worker or boss. And it's a different kind of enemy entirely. And for that, we need to pray for protection, for healing, for ourselves and for them. We may need to distance ourselves or even end relationship. And we need to be praying as David did for God's justice. For his will to be done and his peace and healing to be found. In many psalms, David cries out for God's justice against his enemies. And he uses violent And vicious images break their teeth, he says. Dash their children upon the rocks. David experienced real pain, real violence. His own son hunted him to kill him, to overthrow him. King Saul literally hunted him, trying to take his life. He had real enemies and kings who were trying to literally murder and assassinate him. But even there... Even in those vicious and violent metaphors, David saw that the real violence was against God. Read Psalm 58, Psalm 109, so many others that this world was broken. These people were broken and what was truly needed was God's justice. Because earthly justice, while we pursue it, if people have done evil and illegal things, they need to be punished, they need to be put in prison, but earthly justice doesn't make anyone whole again. When we've experienced real evil, real violence, real abuse, something spiritual, something fundamental has been violated and we can't fix it, we can't make it right, only God can do that. 
and he will. He has promised us that he will. And even as David cries out in such anger and pain, he always ends with praise and worship, trusting God to be enough. Praying for our enemies is the scariest and hardest and craziest and most unfair thing that God calls us to do, but it's right. And it's good because He is in control and He really is holy. He really is God. He really is just. And in His incredible love, He will make it right. And He is inviting you to trust Him. Can we trust Him? Pray for your enemies and let God bring your healing. Change your heart and show you His love and grace as He brings restoration to you and to the world around you. Let's pray together this morning. Father God, we invite your Spirit into this place as we talk about this unbelievably difficult thing. And again, just scratch the surface, Father. This is so deep and so difficult because we're talking about real hurt, real pain, real violence, real evil. And so, God, we pray for healing where we need it. For those who have suffered these things, God, we pray your peace. We pray your spirit in their life that you would bring hope and life and restoration. And God, we pray for your justice as we see evil in the world. People hurting people. Broken people hurting broken people. God, we pray for your justice that you would make it right. We pray that you would help us to bring hope and light into these dark places. That you would, by your spirit, empower us to be your, your people of salt and light, bringing that hope there, bringing your gospel, bringing Jesus into those places. And, for, and God, for those simpler things in our, our life, those people that we just struggle with, that we find difficult, God, that can be so hard. And sometimes those relationships go on and on. People we work with for years and years are family members that... They're just family. They're not going anywhere. God, we pray that you would help us to pray blessings upon them, God, that you would change our hearts, that we would be able to pray for their good. And we pray that your spirit would break their heart too, God, that they would submit and find peace, that they would become people of the fruit of the spirit, bringing hope and joy and love and peace instead of hurt and pain and difficulty. But God, we pray for strength to pray for our enemies. We pray that you would give us the words to speak in that way. Because in our own strength, it is not possible. We ask that you would break our hearts too. That we would see them as you do. That we would see your presence. We want to bring your gospel. We want to bring your hope in Jesus' name. Amen.